This is Rio of Madison Rising, and you're listening to our acoustic version of the Star Spangled Banner here on KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what's so bright? Stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. Oh, the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming in the rocket's red. Listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord. Right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash kindle and type in Richard Harden to see 
and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden. Welcome to God's Pure Word of Faith. I'm Richard Harden, and again, I want to thank the Lord and the management of KLRN Radio for this great opportunity to share God's Word with you today. Today I'm going to be finishing up the series on baptisms. Uh, Naturally, some beliefs about baptism are incorrect, and the way these are incorrect, there could be some very terrible results for people who have these beliefs. If someone's placing their confidence for their salvation in the fact that they got water baptized, then they're making Jesus and his suffering in his perfect walk of faith and the shedding of his blood on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection, all to none effect. It's saying Jesus didn't do enough and what he did was not complete for our salvation. That we must go, you know, uh, be baptized in water and most require that believe that, that you have to have a specific person or preacher from their particular group or denomination to perform that baptism for it to be, you know, satisfactory. So it's a, it's a total confidence of a person's salvation uh, being placed in some work like that that we must do in addition to all that Jesus has done for us. You know, it, it's sad that so many people believe this, but it's not true. Uh, it'd be like in the book of Galatians when the Jews were requiring the new Christians to obey the law in addition to their salvation and everything, in addition to your Christ. Uh, and Paul said that would make the cross of Jesus to no effect. Now I'm going to review some of the material that I covered yesterday so that any new listeners might uh, you know, have a better understanding of what I'm going to be sharing today. And speaking of baptisms, first, uh, Jesus was baptized, and uh, he also baptized his disciples, but he didn't do other baptisms. When the first, I mean, excuse me, in John chapter four, verse one through three, it says, "When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, then princes." Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. See, it was his disciples and others doing the baptism. Uh, Jesus didn't. But he does tell us how important it is. And he showed how important it was by the fact that he got baptized too when he uh, came to John the Baptist there. Uh, So he was baptized. 
his disciples baptized others, and he baptized his disciples. In Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus tells and speaks to us to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Now baptisms, you know, in when the Old Testament period, when someone was going to join the Jewish race or you know uh, become a godly person then of the you know the Jewish God. Uh, they were required to be baptized in water. It was like a washing away, a cleansing, and a testimony of them cleansing themselves and entering into that particular, you know, race and, and joining with the Jews. Now, we are baptized into the body of Christ by the Spirit. Let's see. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For by one Spirit are we baptized into the body, speaking of the body of Christ. Well, the Jews in the Old Testament were baptized into the body, you might say, of the Jewish fellowship with water baptism. But Paul is saying there in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, that we're baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ because it's a spiritual body, a spiritual kingdom. In Matthew 28:19, Jesus says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And also, being water baptized is a testimony to others that we have made the choice. We've decided to join in to the fellowship of you know, other Christians and into the body of Christ. And it's an external type showing and testimony to others that we are choosing to make that change in our life and allow Jesus or Christ to come into our hearts to change us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 14 through 17 now as important as baptism is listen to what the apostle Paul says about baptism here. He says I thank God that I baptized none of you now that seems kind of strange he says but Crispus and Gaius lest any of you should say that I baptized in my own name and I baptized also the household of Stephanias. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. See, he couldn't remember baptizing any other. And if baptism was important for salvation, I'm certain he, he would have been baptizing everybody he could. But then he says, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. So see, he's separating here baptism out of preaching the gospel or being part of the gospel or he certainly would be doing that too again for Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel therefore baptism was not part of the gospel not with words of wisdom lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect so baptism is not a part of the gospel if it were required for salvation Paul would have been preaching baptism too and performing baptisms. But he says at the beginning of this verse 14, I thank God I baptized none of you. See, if it was part of the gospel, it, his life, you know, he, he was whipped three or four times, you know, 39 stripes. Uh, he was left, he was stoned one time and left outside a city. Uh, and they thought he was dead or they wouldn't have just left him out there. They stoned him until they were sure that he was dead but the disciples came stood around about him must have had a little prayer meeting next morning Paul was up and on his way still to go preach and teach Christ Jesus and him crucified that's how much he was concerned about getting the gospel out and preaching and sharing with people about the Lord Jesus Christ 
And if baptism had been part of that gospel, I'm sure he would have been including that in everything he did throughout all of his journeys. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4, the Apostle Paul here explains the gospel. He says, Moreover, brethren, I declare in you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you receive, wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory of what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. Now, be, believing in vain is when you believe something, but you don't respond according to it. You believe in vain, you hear, you believe the gospel, but you do not respond correctly in faith, as like in Hebrews 4.2, where it says, For unto us was a gospel priest as well as unto them. But the word priest did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. See, so they heard it, but they didn't respond correctly. So they, they were hearing in vain, you might say, except for one thing. Once you've heard the gospel, once you've heard the truth and reject it, you're worse off than before you heard it. So they were worse off after hearing the gospel because they didn't receive it correctly or didn't receive it, you know, to some effect. And that's what it means, unless you have believed in vain, you know, to no effect. So here Paul's saying, starting again, verse 2, By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. So see, what this is what he says of the Gospel. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he was buried according to the scriptures, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. He doesn't include the baptism in that as part of the gospel, like in the previous verses I read that he says God didn't send him to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and it's not included in what he was preaching. Now, in 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 11, you know, speaking of uh, believing in vain you can believe and not respond correctly you also can you know uh, reject what you hear intentionally like in second uh, Thessalonians 2 10 11 says with all the seedless of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved so see when when the like in uh, Hebrews 4 2 for to us was a gospel priest as well as them, but the word priest did not profit him, not being mixed with faith. See, so it didn't profit him because they didn't receive the love of the words, the spirit of the words. Jesus says in John 6, 63, my words are spirit and they are life. So when the, when the gospel was preached to these people, they didn't receive the spirit or the love of those words. See, the spirit of God, God is love, his spirit is love, you know, he and his spirit are, you know, and word are one and the same. So when when God brought this love to these people in that message of the gospel, they didn't receive the love of it. And again, like Paul says, with all deceivableness of unrighteous in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, and the truth is God's word, that they might be saved. So it was a choice they made not to receive it and not mix it in faith in a sense because faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God if you receive his word into your heart if you reject his word and just say oh well I'll wait later or you know uh, I don't want to have anything to do with that that's unbelief that's hearing God's word 
and then rejecting it. So see, unbelief comes by hearing, hearing the word of God too. Because if you reject God's word, then you've turned to unbelief. If you hear God's word and accept and receive it into your heart, you're receiving it to faith. See, it's faith then because you made the choice to respond correctly to God's word. Now, in 2 Corinthians 6.1, Scripture says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain, now, this is not talking about baptism here, but again, they use the word vain. And what this means, not receiving the grace of God in vain, is like I was just explaining. You hear, well, not like I was uh, just explaining, but similar to it, okay? Because here, you receive God's Spirit into your heart to salvation, but it says, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. So when you, the grace of God comes from the words of, uh, that you receive into your heart from God. Then his words alive in you, Jesus said again, that his words are spirit and life. So when you receive God's word into your heart, you receive the changed heart, the new life, you become a child of God, your sins are forgiven, and he puts his spirit in you, in me. That's how we come into the family of God, receiving his spirit of his words in, into our heart. Now, once we receive his words into our heart, the work of his spirit in our heart, creating in us a new heart, a new life, forgiving our sins, and all these works uh, moving us into the family of God and putting his spirit in us, that's called the work of grace. Grace is always the work of God's Spirit in our heart. So in this particular verse, it's talking about that not only can you uh, believe in vain, but here it's saying that as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. So once you receive uh, God's new heart in your life, his new spirit, he's cleaned you up and forgiven you everything, he said, don't receive it to no effect. Share with others. You know, respond and, you know, serve the Lord. Tell others about the changed heart, the new creation. See, that that's what we should be doing. Like, a, what is it? Uh, in Proverbs 11.30, where it says, The fruit of the righteous tree of life, he that winneth souls is wise. So as we're sharing about how... Uh, Christ or Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, came into our heart and created the new heart and a new life. As we're sharing that with others, it's going to help them then uh, and encourage them to do the same thing, to receive the Spirit of Christ into their heart. So, But we can be Christians that are not out sharing and testifying with others. And, and that's not happening much in our society today. Just think back now. How many people have testified to you about the Lord Jesus Christ in the last week that you met the first time at a service station, grocery store, something like that? How many people have you shared with in the last week? Are you allowing the grace of God in your heart to be to no effect for others? Now, it, you, you're saved with the Spirit of Christ in your heart. You're going to heaven and everything. But see, what about others? Are you just holding it inside and not sharing with others? Okay, well, we'll continue on here. And we receive, when we receive any of God's blessings or gift we do, and do not share with others, we are receiving them in vain. 
He doesn't just share with us gifts and blessings just for us. We're to pass those on. Pass those on and testify of him. Because in Revelation 12, 11, it says, And they overcame him, speaking of the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. See, they held on to that testimony. And they shared all the way to death. So many people are doing that today, you know, over in the Middle East and everything like that. Anybody's Christian over sometimes gets their head chopped off. Just And there may be many of them today receiving that particular punishment. But they're going to be with the Lord, testifying of Him. Now, to get back on to baptisms, uh, in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 46, you know, I, I shared a lot yesterday about Cornelius and his family being good. Cornelius was a good man. He you know, prayed always, he gave alms, and he was one of the best men you could, you know, think of. In his community, he was so well respected, him and his family. But God sent him a, a messenger, an angel, in a vision, and said, go send after Simon Peter, and he'll come tell you what you need to do. See, there was something missing, and what was missing was he had not received the Spirit of Christ in his heart for salvation. So now, in Acts chapter 10, verse 44 and 46, Peter, if you read that message, only told Cornelius about Jesus, started telling him about Jesus. And during that time now, while Peter was preaching to Cornelius and his family about Jesus, the Spirit of Christ came into their hearts. They were open to receive because they were all, you know, supposedly very godly, as godly as they could be without Christ in their heart. And many people today are very supposedly godly. I was 20-something years in church going to church and everything, thinking I was a Christian, wasn't. And a lot of those times I was very close to God. And, you know, it just, I didn't know what I was missing. In fact, I didn't even know I was missing anything. Anyway, and that's the way these people were. But the Spirit of Christ came in their hearts, and the Holy Spirit fell on them as it had on the disciples on the day of Pentecost. Now, Peter tells this to the disciples later when he came back after talking with Cordius and, and them receiving, you know, the Spirit of Christ in their hearts, and they were shouting and praising the Lord, and they filled with the Spirit, spoke in tongues and everything. And then he had them get water baptized. Well, when the other disciples heard about it, they said, what are you doing? Because God had to give Peter three visions to get him to go talk to Cordius because and they weren't associating with Jews in, especially they weren't telling them about the gospel. But here God sent him to tell Cornelius. So when he started speaking to the other disciples, he said that the Holy Spirit fell on them just in his head on the disciples on the day of Pentecost. He said the same thing happened to them that happened to us. Now, this is in Acts 11, verses 15 to 17. Peter's telling him, he said, as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. That's the day of Pentecost. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. See, that's what happened to them on the day of Pentecost, and that's what's happening to Cornelius and his family. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? See, so Cornelius and his family were baptized into the body of Christ and were filled with the Spirit of Christ as they were saved by hearing and receiving the Spirit of Christ into their hearts when they heard about Jesus. Because if you read that message that Peter uh, shared with them, 
he only mentioned to him about Jesus and his life on the earth, his perfect walk of faith, his, you know, uh, death on the cross and resurrection, things like this. And them receiving the words then, the true words that Peter was sharing with them, God's word, God backed it up in their hearts and that they received it in their heart and they started just shouting and praising the Lord and, you know, speaking in tongues. Now, it says here, Cornelius and his family were baptized into the body of Christ and were filled with the Spirit of Christ just the same as the disciples on the day of Pentecost. Now, Peter states in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48, about his testimony to Cornelius and his family. It says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. See the word now. Uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by word of God. So as Peter was speaking these words of God that God had sent him to tell them, they received those into their heart. When those words came into their heart, the words were living words. Jesus says, my words are life and they are spirit. So the spirit of Christ in coming into their heart and the words of life came alive in them. And it says, and they of the circumcision, which believed, were astonished. That is, the people that had come with him. He didn't go to see Cornelius by himself. Several of the, of the Jews went with him, his friends. As many as came with Peter, says they were of the circumcision, which believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, now notice, after the Spirit coming into their heart, and creating them a new heart, and they were, you know, just so rejoicing and speaking in tongues and magnifying God, then Peter says, can any forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as we have? See, they received the changed heart. They received the Spirit of Christ in their heart. And then the evidence was in the, you know, the speaking in tongues, rejoicing and all this at that time, just pouring out of them. He says, okay, should we now baptize them in water? You know, the speaking in tongues wasn't evidence of, you know, uh, being baptized in water and receiving the Spirit. See, all Peter had told them about up to that time was just about Jesus. Cornelius and his family received the baptism into the body of Christ as Peter was speaking. Now, that's what uh, Paul says down here in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into the body. See, that's the baptism of the Spirit, baptizing into the body. But see, they were also filled with the Spirit then and spoke in tongues. Now, Cornelius and his family received the baptism into the body of Christ as Peter was speaking and began speaking in tongues and magnifying God. Then they were baptized in water as an external show and a testimony of having received the changed heart and changed life and that now they were, you know, entering into the family of God. That's what test, uh, the baptism in water is, just our external testimony to others that we've received the changed heart, that we're now a part of the family of God, and it's our testimony then. Peter told them of Jesus, and they received the Spirit of Christ in their hearts, as Paul says, you know, like I mentioned a while ago, 1 
Corinthians 12:13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, and that's the body of Christ. And in Galatians 3:27, Paul says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. See, that's that's when you put on Christ. That's when you you know, become a child of God. That's when you join the body of Christ. When you're baptized by the Spirit in your heart, like it says in Galatians, excuse me, not Galatians, but uh, Ezekiel 36, 26, where God said in the new covenant, he says, a new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you. See, that was that cleansing that was taking place. First, we got the forgiveness of our sins, and then he cleanses. First John 1 9 says, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, see this cleansing that took place when he gives us a new heart and creates in us that new heart uh, and takes away the stony heart and then puts his spirit in us. Now that's that cleansing us from all unrighteousness. He forgives our sins and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. See, the people of the Old Testament got the uh, forgiveness when they called out to the Lord and everything. He get, he forgave them when they went through the sacrifice and stuff. But they didn't get the cleansed heart. They didn't get the new heart. They didn't get Christ in their heart. The work of grace in the Old Testament. That's why it's called the grace is, you know, like, what is it, Second uh, Corinthians. Excuse me, Ephesians 2 8, where it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, it is a gift of God, not of works. And what he's talking about, a gift of God there is the people of the Old Testament had to call out to him and ask forgiveness too. But they didn't receive the response of the work of grace in their heart. So to us, we call out to God, ask forgiveness of our sins, invite him to come in. We receive the Spirit of Jesus Christ, we receive Christ into our heart. When we call out, so we get more than the Old Testament people did, even though they had to call out the same way we do. And we have to call out, well, you might say, the same way they did. But see, we get more than they did. We get the new heart, the new life, and God's Spirit in us. And that's why it says the work of grace is a gift of God. It's not a gift like we think of, you know, just giving somebody a gift and like this and everything. But it's it's in response to the Spirit. Spirit of God's Word coming into our heart, the words are alive in us and perform the work of grace in us to create in us a new heart, a new life, without us having to ask for anything else. We don't just pray and ask for grace. We pray and ask for God's forgiveness and invite His words to come in our heart to receive grace. Okay? So, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, cleansed heart, changed heart from all unrighteousness, and then the Spirit of Christ in us, he said, put on Christ, we were baptized into them. Now, take a short break and I'll be right back. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network.
visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden. I want to continue with you about this uh, being baptized into the body of Christ by the Spirit of Christ. Okay, Peter said that Cornelius and his family received the same as the disciples, or vice versa. The disciples received the same as Cornelius and his family when he spoke to them about Jesus. Now, look at uh, what kind of people these were. And uh, the disciples had been told by Jesus to go wait until the day of Pentecost, to go wait and, and receive something the power. Now, the power of God is Christ. So he was telling them to go wait till they receive Christ, the power of God. If you look at, let's see, 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 24, it says, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So Christ is the creating power of God that created the universe. God spoke, let there be light. Christ went forth. Uh, and he spoke to Moses, and it says in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26, that Moses esteemed the riches of Christ. God spoke in word to him. Esteemed the riches of Christ greater than all the wealth of Egypt. So Christ is the power, the creating power of God in the universe, and it is Christ that comes into our heart, the Spirit of Christ that raised Jesus from the dead, the resurrection Spirit that comes into us at salvation. That's what we have in us, or who we have in us, the Spirit of Christ, okay? So, uh, this happened to the disciples on the day of Pentecost, and they were waiting in faith, because see, Jesus had told them to wait till then, so they had heard God's word from him, and they waited by faith until uh, the day of Pentecost to receive Christ in their heart. Now, God had also told Cornelius to go send after Peter to come tell him what to do. See, Cornelius was, you know, very close to God, and he was waiting by faith also for Peter to come tell him what to do. So these two groups, the disciples waiting by faith, you know, they were very close to God. Cornelius and his family, Cornelius especially, was very close to God because he sent after Peter, a, a 
Gentile now sent after this Jew to come tell him what to do because God told him to. So he was in obedience to God's word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And as he waited, he was waiting in faith. And Peter comes tells him. So he receives those words of faith that Peter shared with him, that God told him to share with him, into his heart. And they came alive then and created the work of grace in him. Peter says, just like it did on the day of Pentecost for them. So the day of Pentecost is when the disciples were saved or baptized into the body of Christ or became what would some would call Christians or became born again, born by the Spirit of God in their heart. And Peter says that's exactly what happened to them on the day of Pentecost, the same thing that happened to Cornelius and them. By hearing Jesus, they received the Spirit in their heart. And that's what now. And there's two very serious reasons why I bring up these points and just keep over and over missing them. Now the first is there are at least three denominations that are affected by these verses and this uh, this belief, these beliefs. At least one of the Church of Christ denominations, there's different Churches of Christ denominations, but at least one of them and one of the Pentecostal denominations, there's several different Pentecostal denominations, believe that you must be baptized in water to be saved. You know, that, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, that all Jesus did on the cross for salvation and other things wasn't enough. That you must go out and be baptized in water. And they specifically believe, too, that you've got to be baptized by one of their preachers. Because see, you can't just get anybody to come baptize you, you know, for this. It's got to be one of their preachers to be saved. So receiving Christ in your hearts and uh, many charismatic groups... Assembly God groups and the Word of Faith movement or group in our country or denomination, I'm not sure what they uh, really call themselves, which of those, they believe and teach that the disciples were saved in during, well, in John chapter 20, verse 22, where it says that Jesus uh, breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. But see, if you look in the Greek, it doesn't say that. In the Greek, it says, And Jesus breathed in and spoke to them. Now, if he was breathing in and then to speak to them, if you try to say something now, and you normally would like I would do here, breathe in, now I'm speaking out to you, you know, what I've breathed in myself. But, you know, that's just being technical about what the Scripture says there. We can see from... Uh, what Peter said about this, that the disciples received the Spirit into their heart on the day of Pentecost, the same as Cornelius and his family received the Spirit into their heart when he was telling them about Jesus later. That they both had received in the same way, he says. So, the disciples on the day of Pentecost had received the Spirit and were baptized by the Spirit. They spake in tongues just like the Cornelius and his family did when they received the Spirit of Christ into their heart. And they shouted and praised the Lord. In fact, so much so that a lot of people there thought they were drunk on the day of Pentecost. They were so happy and everything. But see, everybody doesn't respond like that when they receive the Spirit of Christ in their heart. I was so 
negative myself and I was so distrustful and everything. I'd been in church 20 something years, something like that. And I said, Lord, if you're really real, like that Bible says, come into my heart and show me. And, and I don't, I'm not going to take just a good feeling because I want to know for sure that it's you. I want to know that six months from now, somebody can't tell me that I just had a emotional experience and, and, and now I'm living on an emotional experience or something. I want to know you're real, and I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to quit drinking, smoking, anything, and start going to church until I know it's you. And still, I'm amazed at a prayer like that God answered. But see, I honestly wanted him, and I wanted to know him. I wanted to know him in a personal way, and I wanted to make sure, you know, my salvation and my relationship with him because I was tired of just you know, what I had in the past and everything like that for nothing. See, so when I had a good feeling the next morning and everything like that, I said, no, I just brushed it aside. I'm not going to go on feelings. I want to know you're real. If you created me, that there's, that you're the creator of the universe and you created me, there's got to be a way that you created me that you can speak to me and I can know it's you. And uh, he honored that. And I'm so thankful he did because I was just at the point of just, not suicide, but I was just at the point of just forgiving of ever, giving everything up on it. had to do with religion and everything. But now, these people weren't like that. The disciples and them, they knew God. They knew Jesus had walked with him and everything and been with him years. Cornelius was very close to God, prayed always, gave alms and things. And then, see, when they received Christ in their heart, man, that good feeling inside them, it just overflowed out and speaking in tongues praising the Lord they said magnifying God and all this just uh, party time now, that's when the disciples saved on the day of Pentecost they received Christ in their heart baptized into the body they were baptized by the spirit into the body of Christ now they were filled with the spirit too they were so close to God they just took it all in or filled and spake in tongues if you look through the scriptures now Every time it mentions anything about speaking in tongues, it says, and they were filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues. Now, see, we should walk filled with the Spirit. But see, we're not perfect like Jesus. He walked that way. But we have to be filled over and over because little things come in our life, take our time, you know, and we're, uh, you might say, we drop down away from God some separate from him some because of maybe a argument here or there do all things without complaining or arguing or you know uh, different things like so many things come against us and then we have to pray through you might say like the old timers did they pray through they wouldn't praying through to find to seek God to find him they were praying through to get their hearts right and then get back to you know being filled with the spirit so <clears throat> if you look through the scriptures every time it talks about and and they were filled with the Spirit and spake in tongues. They were filled with the Spirit and they magnified God. They were filled with the Spirit and they uh, confessed God's Word boldly and things like this. See, there's one baptism of the Spirit into the body of Christ. But we can be filled with the Spirit over and over and we should be seeking daily to be filled with the Spirit. And if we you know, feel like our relationship with God has you know, been separated some... Well, even like, you know, in First Peter 1, 7, where it says, Husbands, dwell your wives, according to knowledge, being joint heirs of grace of life, as in the weaker vessel, lest your prayers be hindered. See, if your prayers are being hindered, you're not filled with the Spirit. So get back in right relationship with God. It said, forgive others, lest you give Satan advantage. So if you're holding unforgiveness, you certainly are not filled with the Spirit because the devil has advantage in your life because of your, you know, unforgiveness you're holding. 
See, so there's a lot of things that cause us not to be filled with the Spirit in our daily lives that we need to get back on our hands and knees. We need to get back on our knees with God and get those things worked out. Now, the, uh, let's see. The disciples were baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ on the day of Pentecost. They were filled with the Spirit, spoke in tongues, magnified God, and had a party. Cornelius and his family, they were very close to God, waiting for what God was going to speak to them and say. They were waiting in faith to hear what Peter had to say. They received the Spirit of Christ into their heart, were baptized into the body of Christ, <clears throat> were filled with the Spirit, spake in tongues, rejoiced and had a party. The two groups, Peter says, the same thing happened to them. Now, what this shows is that uh, a person is, people are not just baptized, I mean, uh, uh, saved, and then later baptized by the Spirit. See, baptism of the Spirit is salvation, coming into the heart. But the, uh, well, like, a lot of the assembly gods and the word of faith movement and those that teach, you know, that uh, the disciples were saved in John chapter 20, verse 22. They do that so they can have this two-step experience with God, like salvation first and then later as you get better in God's eyes or something like that, then you have a separate experience of baptism of the Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And nowhere does it say that. Now, the baptism of the Spirit is a changed heart, you know, when we're uh, baptized into the body of Christ. And uh, like the disciples and them, they were so close to God, they did burst out speaking in tongues when they were filled with the Spirit on that day. But everybody doesn't respond that way. Now, but it does say that everybody is baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. And nowhere in the Bible does it say that anyone was baptized in the Spirit, then spoke in tongues. You look all the way through there, it'll say they were filled with the Spirit and spake in tongues, if it says anything. It always says that the group or person was filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues. Now, baptism in the body of Christ at salvation, filling of the Spirit can be at salvation and many times later as people seek God's face and closeness to Him. Now, one of the Church of Christ groups used mainly verse, let's see, verses in Mark chapter 16, uh, 16, 16, in fact, as a foundation for their salvation. And in Mark 16, verses 15 to uh, 17, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And notice he's, Jesus is saying here, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now here, speaking of water baptism, he doesn't say though, if you aren't baptized, you'll be damned. But he does say here, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. See, now if, if water baptism was required for salvation, he would say, he that believeth not and does not get water baptized, shall be damned. But he doesn't say that about the baptism. The baptism, again, is that show testimony to the world that you've made the choice to receive Christ in your heart and you've received him in your heart as personal Lord and Savior. Now, also the seriousness of this is the verses in uh, Mark chapter 16, verses 9 to 20, uh, 
they're missing um, are disagreed on by many of the interpreters of the different copies of the Bible. Some newer versions call these verses the longer ending of Mark. And uh, I would think that a person concerned about the security or total confidence of her salvation would want to have as many scriptures to guide them and be certain that they have received the changed heart with the Spirit of Christ in their hearts. And so these verses that are questionable they're questionable in the sense that they were in some of the early uh, manuscripts you know that the scribes had written but they weren't in other manuscripts but still uh, salvation is so important that to to base this belief and salvation on that one scripture like that that he says he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but then you got to look at what he says that Jesus says after that Jesus says and believeth not shall be damned. He doesn't say if not baptized shall be damned. So this needs to be, you know, anybody concerned about their salvation that are basing their salvation on this particular verse or, you know, the interpretation of it and everything, you need to certainly start seeking other verses too about baptism and everything. Look up all the verses on baptism. Get a concordance. I don't care if they cost 50 $60, one of those big concordances. Look up every time the word baptism is used and, and see for yourself just what it is because, you know, when you stand before Jesus, you're not going to be able to say, well, that's what they taught me in my denomination. That's what brother so-and-so said or something like this. You're going to have to answer for yourself. We're all responsible. There's nobody else on earth responsible for me getting my salvation except me. And it's the same with you. There's nobody else responsible for you coming to salvation but you. Now, all of us are responsible for trying to help you come to your salvation. And that's why I'm out here now is try to help you see these scriptures and some of the scriptures and the way they're worded and everything that you need to be sure because we only have one chance. And that's here while we're in the physical being to, to come to salvation, to receive Christ in our heart and, and being egotistical and saying, well, bless God, that's what mom and dad believe and that's good enough for me or, or you know, I've even heard said people say, well, I'll die being a so-and-so, and they'll, you know, call out some type of religion or something like that. They'll say, I'll, I'll die being a Baptist. I'll die being a, you know, Nazarene. I'll die being this, you know, because so many of their loved ones and friends was that. And, you know, that's what they want to be too. You know, eternity is a long, long time. And if we don't accept receive the spirit of Christ into our heart for salvation because uh, it says the wages of sin is death but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and if we don't come to that confidence before leaving here if there's any doubt about what you did back there when you were seven eight nine years old you, you know you're not sure what you did but you're just sure that you know you you were pleasing to mom and dad and you did what they said and everything you need to make sure that you've done what the scripture says that you need to do with Jesus. That is the most important um, fact-finding uh, that you can do here on earth is to seek the Lord with all your heart and make sure that you've received his spirit into your heart correctly. You know, like that. Because, well, Jesus says in, uh, what is it, uh, Matthew chapter 7, Verses 21 and 23 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that hath done the will of my Father which is in heaven. 
Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, in thy name cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. See, work in iniquity, works of the flesh. And, and if you miss having Christ in your heart, see, these were good people. They were confessing God's word because, see, that's how they did the wonderful works. That's how they cast out demons and stuff like this. They were speaking God's word. And God backed up his word. He didn't back them up, but he backed up his word. And just like the donkey that spoke to Balaam, uh, God spoke through the donkey and backed up his word through the donkey to Balaam. See, so it wasn't these people were Christians speaking God's word, but they were doing great things. It appeared they were doing great things because when they spoke God's word, God backed up his word. But he's going to say, I never knew you. What he's saying is, in uh, John six forty five, Jesus says, and they shall all be taught of God. Therefore, if God will teach us that we're sinner. He'll teach us that Jesus, his son, uh, is the answer for our sins, what he did on the cross, death, burial, and resurrection. That's why it's good news. It's good news for us because he made a way for our sin debt to be paid. And we don't have to pay it with eternity of suffering in you know, the lake of fire. So that's Jesus is going to teach us we're sinner. Excuse me, God's going to teach us we're sinner. And then he's going to teach us that Jesus is our answer and that we must humble ourselves, like it says in Romans 10, 13, uh, that we must, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, that we need to respond positively to those words that God speaks to us, to respond positively to faith. See, if we reject those words and say, well, I'll wait later, or I don't want to be one of the Jesus freaks or something like this, or if you even say you're not a sinner, you know, like in our society today, a lot of people don't even accept sin. See, if you do this in, and and you receive Christ into your heart, become a child of God, you will be doing works of the Spirit. But see, without the Spirit of Christ in your heart, you're doing works of iniquity. That is separation of your heart from God. You're still a sinner. You're still unsaved or whatever you want to call it. You know, you, you haven't been uh, converted into the body of Christ <coughs> like God. Jesus, like the scripture says, where a new heart also will give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of flesh, give you hard flesh, and put my spirit in you. See, that hasn't happened to you, but you're quoting God's word, and good things are happening around you. But Jesus is going to say, you never came to me. The Father taught you those things, but you didn't come to me. And what he means by that is, you never invited him to come into your heart, saying, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. My sins. God teaches us about Jesus and our sins, but we must call out to Jesus for salvation. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I commit my life to you. And it's going to be such a sad day when people miss doing that simple step. And they must love God, you know, so much to be shocked and surprised. He says, many in that day are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not done these great and wonderful works? They're trying to justify themselves like that and say, yes, I, I did. He's going to say, I never knew you. You never called out to me. Anyway, requiring a person to be baptized in water is denying what Jesus did in his perfect walk of faith, the sprinkling of his blood, the seven sprinklings of his blood on the cross, taking away our sins like our scapegoat and dying for us a as our perfect sacrifice, they're saying it's not enough. We must run out and get water baptized to complete it and do enough for our salvation. Jesus was baptized, 
He wants us to be baptized to testify the world of our changed heart and life and our commitment of having received Christ that we're now children of God in his kingdom. Now, but anybody basing their salvation on having been baptized in water, you better check out for sure if you've received Christ in your heart. Now, some of them have and just ignorantly are teaching that you must be baptized in water too. They called out with all their heart, and they become a Christian. They know they're Christians, something like that. So there's Christians in the Church of Christ. There's um, Christians in these other faiths that are teaching errors. But it's confusion to other people, trying to tell and share with other people the truth to help them. Now, and that second reason that people that teach that uh, disciples are saved on the day of Pentecost deny the resurrection of the Spirit as being the Spirit that saves us. See, they say that uh, on the day of Pentecost, Jesus hadn't, you know, come back yet. To, on the day of, you know, to Pentecost, to, uh, in a sense, share his spirit with the world. Anyway, 1 Peter 3.21 says, The like figure wherein to even baptism does also now save us. Then he says, in parentheses, Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience toward God in the princes. So he's saying that baptism does also now save us. But he said not water baptism, washing away the filth of the flesh, something. He says, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, let me read that without the princes. The like figure wherein to even baptism does also now save us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, it's his resurrection spirit coming back on the day of Pentecost that set in motion then the New Testament covenant of Christ in us, our hope of glory. And if you're a child of God today, you can go along with Galatians 4, 6, and 7 and understand it says, the second Galatians 4, 6, and because your sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Daddy, Father, wherefore you no more a servant, but a son, a son, than heir of God through Christ. See, that's what's happened to us, all of us as children of God. We've received the new heart, the Spirit of Christ in our heart. We're joint heirs with Jesus now. The resurrection Spirit of Christ did not return on earth till the day of Pentecost. That's when the disciples were saved, baptized into the body of Christ, filled with the Spirit, spoke in tongues, magnified God, just like Cornelius and his family did when Peter told them about Jesus. Now, these false teachings that Jesus, I mean, the disciples were saved on John chapter 20, verse 22, and that, you know, you got to be water baptized. These false teachings create confusion about the grace of God that Jesus lived and suffered for us to receive and to become children of God. Confusion is of the devil, so you can tell right away who is behind these teachings. These deceive people into accepting these teachings and to be sharing them with others. Most of the people teaching and preaching these false teachings are probably good people, and many have the Spirit of Christ in their hearts, but they just are ignorant and do not understand the Scriptures on how they receive Christ. Like the Apostle Paul said before he met Jesus, see, he, was, he said he was in ignorant unbelief, going around persecuting Christians because he thought they were a cult. But as soon as he met Jesus, see, and Jesus told him who he was, he said, Who art thou? And Jesus said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. He, and the first thing Paul said was, Lord, what would you have me do? He changed right there on the spot. He says, what would you have me do? And that's the way 
people need to be willing today to let the Lord search their hearts. And, and the way to do that then is you, you feel good in your heart about what you believe. But go look at the scriptures and let him search your heart with the scriptures. Get a concordance. Start looking through the concordance about every time the word baptized was used and how it was used. And let the Lord speak to you and, uh, and clear up these things. Because you want to know for sure that the Spirit of Christ lives in your heart. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.